How's about we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather round the fire, maybe read for just a while, and we'll listen to the stories unveiled. Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories no one needed from suggestions that you shared. Hello, and welcome to S'more Stories. I hope everybody had a nice holiday, a nice Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate. Welcome to 2023. Happy New Year. But I hope everybody enjoyed my last episode back in November with uh, my incredibly talented and cool uh, niece, Addie McHugh. Uh, she is cooler and talent, more talented than I will ever be at such a young age. And so if you have not gone back to listen to that episode, please Go back and do so. I think you'll appreciate it. Um, and, and part of what I'm revealing with this podcast, with every every single episode that I put out, not every single, every other episode or so, is I like to reveal just how cool and talented my family is. And this episode's guest is continuing in that theme. Uh, this guest is somebody who I would consider one of the smarter people that I've ever known in my whole life. In, in a few different ways, you, you come at it from, from a teacher perspective, because you are literally a teacher. You are a science person, uh, just generally. I'm not even going to specify anything yet. You're just a science guy. Uh, and, and then also you are a coach, and so you are somebody who is an expert in, in many sports, baseball uh, specifically. But more than that, more than being a teacher, more than being a coach, what's more important to this podcast is that you're my cousin also. I am your cousin. You are my cousin. I am, I am proud to be your cousin. That is, I'm happy to hear that. And so welcome, please, around the S'more Stories campfire, Mr. Adam Cantrell. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Hello. Me. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. We're, we're meeting late at night, which is my time. Me too. So that's good. Fellow night owl Absolutely. Here. Um, and we do have to mention, we are, we are recording in a, a unique studio of sorts, uh, you might say. Um, we are recording in a school at night, the school that, that you teach at, the school that I also attended myself. Uh, and so it is a little bit weird being here at night. It's a little spooky in a fun way, though. Feels like the mischievous hours, you know? Well, you know, I mean, you were in this classroom. This is true. T taking my class. <laughs> this is true. We, when, we, when I say that you are a teacher, you were, in fact, my own teacher Absolutely. At, uh, at one point, I think during my senior year. Yep. Um, and you're a great teacher. I have that. I have firsthand experience of that. And so because of that and because I've known you for so long and have experienced you in, in teaching and also you were my coach <laughs> at one point as well. I was. Um, it, it's been super, I've been super excited to have you on this podcast. Um, because like I said, you're incredibly smart. You know a lot of things. You're one of those people that I feel like I could probably ask and whether or not you know the answer. Oh, I could make something. You'll up. make something up that I will Absolutely. probably believe. And you've probably done that many times in my life that I don't even know about. Guaranteed. <laughs> and I respect that for Guaranteed. you. Um, but there was a moment a few years ago before this podcast, before any podcast, before I probably even realized that I was as into writing as I am, when we were probably reading on the beach one summer in St. Augustine, uh, just alone from the rest of our extended family, reading in silence. And you might have mentioned that you were writing a book. And I remember thinking in the moment, whoa, that's really cool to hear because, I mean, 
I don't think anybody at that point in my life had said that, hey, I'm writing a book. Mm -hmm. And again, this was probably before I even got into writing as a, as a, not as, not as a hobby, but as a passion. And once I started this podcast, you were one of the first people that I thought of because I was like, I want to talk to him about that <laughs> because wow. not to say I that hope it's not disappointing. It's not. Absolutely. It's not. I'm already, I'm already excited to, to chat stories with you and to say that, all that to say, when I think of you and don't take this as, as don't take this as a bad thing. I don't necessarily think of somebody who's I'm writing a book. And so that's why it was oh, so, yeah, so exciting to hear from your perspective this creative side that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> yeah. A- anytime anybody hears that I'm writing a book, they're like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Like maybe somebody else is like, uh, say it again. What? You're writing a book for me. That's like, Oh, this is incredible. That makes me want to go write a book. You know, it makes me feel inspired. It makes me want to go do something. And that's what I'm realizing with this podcast more and more is I'm trying to chase that feeling. Well, I got to tell you, the feeling is very mutual because since you told me about the idea of this podcast and told me that you wanted me to be on it. I was like, why would you want me to be on this thing? That doesn't make any sense. But you have uh, inspired in me the desire to write. And I have written no less than five stories since, um, since we even started this conversation, including the one that I'll read tonight. Not, but, th- not this exact conversation, just the longer conversation. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, you know, we, um, last night, just because I had nothing else going on while I was watching some some TV, I started writing even more. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's just, but but it's like once that bug starts, it just keeps chewing away inside your brain yes. and, and won't let you go. Which is the whole reason. I mean, you know, the book I'm writing is not ever going to be published. Sure, I mean, it's like it's just for me. <laughs> it's it's just something that I can't get out of my brain, so I'm putting it on, not pen and ink, but you know, I'm, I'm putting it on my computer. And I think, I think that's maybe the coolest part is that you're, you're just doing it for yourself. Oh, absolutely. Like, you're like, I don't care about publishing. I don't care about being famous. Like I don't care about anybody knowing about it. I just want to get it out of my brain. Absolutely. And I think just that mindset is so cool and so contagious because <laughs> that's how I feel about like Kill Collins, for example. It's yeah. like, yeah, I want people to read it for sure. But like, you know, I just want people to enjoy it. You yeah. know, that, that's it. I don't necessarily care about like getting it published or being a, a, a New York Times bestselling author. That would that'd be kind of cool, though, I imagine. But it, it would pay a few bills. But it does feel good just to get something out of your head right. and onto a Word document, you know, and, right. and, and, and feel productive and feel like you've done something. And so I imagine in these five stories that you've written, you know, you feel good. Oh, yeah. Like you feel like, oh, I've done something. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether or not like you go back and read it the next day, obviously it's not a perfect story. There's things you'll you'll go back, you'll edit You'll change. Maybe it's going to get better. Maybe you don't even care. Maybe you're going to move on from something else or move on to, to another story or, sure. or something else. But you still got that done. And that's such a cool feeling. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm, again, like I'm chasing after that feeling of just being like, I did something. Right. You know, all that to say as well, since I mentioned uh, this podcast and, and asked you to be on it, you've also shotgunned all the episodes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> within like one of them. Within like three days. Oh, I, yeah. They were all listened to very quickly. And I loved getting the text updates throughout, which was incredibly fun. Because I don't, I, I don't normally get a lot of feedback on the podcast. And so it's always nice to hear back um, from, from anybody. And so to our listeners, if you're enjoying the podcast, let me know. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Maybe leave a review. Maybe leave a rating somewhere. That would be awesome, too. Um, but if you don't, I won't be mad. 
But if you do, I'll be happy. So, <laughs> so make Colby happy. Make Colby happy. Make Colby happy. He makes more podcasts. Exactly. That's true. And I do want to keep making this podcast. It is incredibly fun, whether I'm talking to a family member, whether I'm talking to somebody who I'm just meeting for the first time. Like, I'm learning something new every single time. And while I've had a larger break between this last episode with Addie and this one with you, um, hopefully I will have more uh, a more consistent release schedule in this year. Um, I'm trying to have as many kind of going at once uh, as I can so that I can have more more episodes coming out and, of course, have more story spotlight episodes coming out as well because those are just fun for me. I enjoy a good deep dive into a story, um, and I hope you guys do as well. But we're going to move on to our next section. Actually, no. I want to ask you about just kind of your relationship with stories because, like I said, you're a sports guy, <laughs> you're a teacher, you're a science guy. And so how, have you always had this kind of creative side uh, to you or is this something that you kind of realized that you were interested in more later in life? So for me, you know, when I was younger, the the, the thing about stories was me to use your youthful word that I've heard many times, it's consuming stories. Sure. Stuff that other people had written. I mean, when I was a little kid, I loved where the wild things are and what that sparked in my imagination and things like that. I loved when my grandmom would read to me. I loved um, the little engine that could and things like that. I mean, I, I loved jumping into the stories. And then as you start to, like Mimi took us, our grandmom, our mutual grandma, Mimi mm -hmm. took me to see The NeverEnding Story. Ooh. When I was like eight years old, when yeah. it first came out, and uh -huh. I mean, you know, getting, and and that was the first, that was the first movie theater experience that I recall, where I literally felt like I was in the story at the time, yeah. and so that's that's the way it was for me for forever. Sure. Um, got into comic books, and have always loved comics, but I really did that more for the art than for the stories because. Sure. A lot of times the stories are lacking, especially for, I'm, a, I'm a Hulk fan. Yeah. I'm a Batman fan. Batman's pretty well written. Hulk, not so much. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the Hulk stuff was really just about the artistry. And, um, but I love, I love TV. I loved, I loved listening to records that were stories from like the 1940s mm. Superman stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, like the old serials. Yes, like I've, yeah. I've got like records, like stacks of records that were those old series, and I would just sit in my room and listen to them. Yeah, and I loved, I loved listening to stories, and and telling stories is something that I've always found just kind of came naturally, but it wasn't necessarily something other people enjoyed. Like, for instance, my wife hates it when I'm like, oh, i got to tell you this story. She's like, can you please just tell me the short version? I'm like, no, I've got to tell you all the details. And my daughter got that part of me. She's, nice. she's a very detailed storyteller. Sure. And so, you know, I, I could tell stories like what happened and how this occurred and all those kinds of things, but it was all just like real life, I'm telling a story. Right. It wasn't until the book, stuff started mm -hmm. happening, um, which was basically all, I, I've always been a very vivid dreamer and I started having these dreams that were stories. Mm -hmm. And so at some point in time, I started writing a few of them down and then I couldn't stop thinking about them once I started writing them down and things just grew from there. And I've, I've written various parts of various stories, but it wasn't until over this past Christmas break when I actually completed the first novella of, mm -hmm. of this book. And, yeah. And so, um, first in a larger, uh, step of, of novellas, right? That's right. Which is 
so exciting. It's supposed to be five. We'll hey, s- we'll see if we ever get to it. Just finishing one is good though. Like it that's, was. It that's such really, a good it step. Felt, it felt really good because and you know how it feels. I do. Now. And, I do. And you've got kind of a, an idea of what to do a little bit. You I know? do. And, and so, right in time for baseball season when I'm going to have like no time. <laughs> so convenient. Yes. Just be in the dugout. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm I'm, I'm mid scene right now. Hold on. Let me finish this line of dialogue real quick. Absolutely. Can't wait to hear yeah, that. But what's the next pitch going to be, Coach? <laughs> whatever you want. Whatever you want. Fastball. Fastball. <laughs> Expect fastball adjust. Yes. Well done. I know. Hey. Well done. I remember. Um, and I, you mentioned that you love comic books, and I do have to to shout that out because you, for most of my life, especially growing up, before comics were what they are now, right? It's now it's this huge cultural uh, giant industry thing. Marvel is owned by Disney. That's crazy to think about. Still, you know, there's billion dollar movies every year. But when when we were growing up, and especially when you were growing up liking comic books, it was a very much a smaller thing. And so when I was a kid, knowing that you were into comic books too as an adult made me feel so cool for liking comic books. And and we're in your your classroom right now. It's It's adorned with posters of, of all these superheroes there's action figures everywhere and so i i always thought it was cool that you liked comic books too and it, it's been inspirational for me as an adult to to not only enjoy superhero comic books of course but like there's comics of of all genres that all different kinds of stories and i don't know if i necessarily would have stuck with it as much if you weren't as big of a nerd as you are <laughs> i am a huge nerd and, and i love that, that and i respect that, that. Off on you. yeah of course Appreciate you saying so. And the other thing that I do, I think we have to give a shout out uh, about is you mentioned Mimi, uh, our, our grandma who who passed away over the pandemic. Uh, oh, right at the beginning. Right at the beginning, right. Um, it's 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 all it all is so blended together. It's mm-hmm. hard to remember exactly when it was, um, but she was. Uh, I think I got so much of my love of stories from her. Oh yeah. She like I I love film. I studied film in college. Mimi was an absolute encyclopedia of movies from the 1920s through the 1960s to 70s. Like you could ask her any movie, she'd tell you what year it came out in, the the people that starred in it, uh, when she saw it in theaters. And so all the awards it won. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. She knew all the details. She was just into, into stories uh, as a whole. And I think uh, I have such an appreciation for her passion uh, for stories as an adult because I feel the same way. Right. <laughs> like I, 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 in my brain, I don't remember a lot of useful things, a lot of important things, but if you ask me some movie stuff, I'll remember some, some people that were in movies. Yeah. Like I can, I can pull that out of my ass pretty easily. And, and I think a lot of that is from Mimi. And so we have to give her a shout out for this podcast. Uh, she would have been an incredible guest for sure. Oh, it would have been unbelievable. Oh, so fun. So I think you before we started recording, you mentioned that we wanted to try a little something for this episode, throw a little wrinkle in the mechanics of the S'more Stories podcast. Now, traditionally, we like to reveal the topic ahead of time, and we like to, to kind of discuss our, your, your choosing of the topic, why you chose it, but you suggested that you would like to read yours first and then we will reveal the topic afterwards uh, to give maybe the listener a little time to guess and see what uh, what that topic might be. Um, and I'm so down. I think that is a fun wrinkle to throw in there, uh, keep our listeners guessing, um, because you never know what you're going to get on the S'more Stories podcast. I, I'm, I'm curious, is there anything that you want to tell me 
anything leading up into your story that I should know? Well, you know, I, you sent me the list. I looked it over, and and there were some things that, of course, there's no chance I could write that. <laughs> I mean, there, there's that that strikes nothing in me. But but there were like three groups of of stories, and my expertise of what I do know was one of those areas. And then, you know, my creative side of I could write about this and it might be funny, but at least I would laugh um, kind of thing. And then there was the ones where I was like, Ooh, this would really stretch me because I don't write spooky stuff. Sure. And, but, but you love the spooky stuff. That's true. And so, you know, this could, this could work too. And so um, I asked you and you refused to help me. And so, <laughs> You know, my, my wife, it's had gotta said, be organic. Yeah. My wife had said, I, sh I shared it with her and she said one of the topics, which was one of those topics that I felt comfortable with. And then when I reminded you that you had helped some of the other guests, you were like, okay, 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 fine. Do, do this section. And you didn't tell me which one to do, but that allowed me to pick the topic. Yes. So, yes. Uh, and you're right. I I do I do help out with the occasional choice, but I don't want to. <laughs> and and I, I very much appreciate that stance on your part. Yes, I really do. I like to keep it. I like to keep it fresh because uh, I don't I don't want to influence it. Right. But sometimes I'm forced to influence it. Right. Um, but in the end, you made the final choice. I did, and actually, I had two stories kind of going in my head at the same time, and ended up writing them both. All right. Um, yeah. But you know, the one that I've that I've picked. I don't know that it's the better of the two stories, to be honest with you, but I think it's the one that it's the one that I wrote first, mm -hmm. and it's the one that I wrote with the intent of being read on this show. Sure, yeah. And so, you know, that's and it's also a little bit shorter. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it's like one thousand thirty-eight words. It's <laughs> nice. It's, it's oh, that's right there. That's impressive. I'm a, no, that includes the title. Oh, well so done. So one thousand thirty-six okay. without the title. So uh, nice. That's impressive. I'm a little bit further, a little bit over over than that. But yeah, my uh, other one's like fourteen hundred. So yeah, yeah. But I kind of, I kind of ended it quick. So I love that you've written two stories for this. Something I'm just going to throw this out there for future episodes. Something that I've been kind of playing around with the idea of in my head is doing uh, almost like a mailbag episode where it's all stories, but done by former guests of people like you who have maybe written stories while listening to past episodes that you didn't ever think that you would read or have read by anybody. Um, I figured that could be a fun idea for a future episode. Uh, like how, you know, you know, the, the fantastic, uh, sugary cereal, Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries, the, the better version, oops, all berries. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. You're missing out. I, I, I guarantee, because the crunch berries are unbelievable. Exactly. So it's there's an oops all berries version, okay. and so I'm thinking maybe we do an episode, a future episode, oops all stories. Oh man, tell me that doesn't sound great. That does sound great. So I'm just throwing that out there. There might be a, a future venue for your your second story. All right, well, that's um, good to know. I'm I'm speaking into existence. There you <laughs> if go. If I say it live, yes, I have to do it. Yes, that's my that's my strategy. I'll support you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so. Should, shall we jump into your story? Is there a title? Should, yes, okay. there, there is a title. The title is Strike Three. Strike Three, okay. And, um, you know, given my baseball background. Sure. and How long have you been a baseball coach? I didn't mention this. Uh, I've been, th this is year 24 here. Wow, congrats. I coached for 
I coached for two full years before I started coaching here, just some travel stuff with my little brother and mm -hmm. some of his friends and stuff like that. But, um, and then I had, I, I did some coaching while I was in college, but I was never like the coach of 18. Sure. I just kind of like, Hey, we'll practice for a week with these kids that all want to get better. And right. so I did some coaching stuff, but, but as far as being the coach of 18, 24, Almost 25. Is, yeah. That's so a big, that's a big one. This is year 24. So congrats, man. Thank you. That's exciting. Um, well, I'm excited to hear strike three and then we will discuss and, and finally reveal that topic to you because I know you're, I know you listeners are just begging for it. You're so, oh. you're so mad at us right now. They're dying. They're dying to hear it. Well, take it away and uh, I'm excited to discuss. Something stirs me awake. I open my eyes and the brain fog slowly drifts away as I see her slip into the pool. I had positioned myself perfectly across the water from her, but never expected the sun to put me to sleep as quickly as it did. I have no idea how long I've been asleep, but my skin is on fire. I want to jump into the pool immediately to cool down, but given that she has just slid in, I think better of it and practice patience. After all, I have to trust my instincts, right? Didn't they already wake me up as soon as she had moved? What is that anyway? Like some kind of radar letting me know when lovely ladies were in the vicinity. I watch her move gracefully through the tiny waves, head staying out of the water as she moves from my right to my left. What a looker she is. Absolute perfection from her head to her toes. Dark skin, dark eyes. She doesn't need the color around her eyes, but it does make them pop, especially with the golden streaks that seemingly move in perfect unison with the current as she goes completely under for several feet. She pokes her head back up for a second to catch her breath before doing a kind of dolphin dive that reveals her perfect backside just above the surface before she dives all the way down to the bottom. She stays below for a bit, preventing me from seeing her clearly, but the image of that perfectly curved bubble remains emblazoned in my mind's eye. I was fixating on that image when I suddenly realized she is no longer alone. Strike one. I had let my imagination run wild a little too long, and now I've missed the chance to be in the pool alone with her. Two of her friends who had been sunbathing with her had slipped in while I was daydreaming and ruined my chance to move in. She flashes a quick glance in my direction as if she's thinking the same thing. The three of them rest just on the opposite edge, facing away from me, but I don't mind. The view from behind? Wow. A guy struts past them, taking his time, clearly trying to get noticed, but no dice. All three, as if on cue, turn back in my direction. If that isn't enough, my crush glances my way again seemingly summoning me into the pool with them. Am I reading this right? She is a bit older than me, certainly a bit bigger, especially in all the right places, if you know what I mean. I'm barely old enough to have the right hormones flowing through my veins that cause my brain cells to think these things that, until recently, were unfathomable. But the peach fuzz had begun to accumulate recently and is finally starting to thicken up. Nothing on my pecs or higher, of course, but just along the edge, you know. I'd been proud of the first strand that appeared, but now, well, let's just say that I'd caught more than one of my buddies staring. So this was it. Time to test the waters. I'd almost forgotten how hot I'd become until the cool liquid hits my face as I dive in head first. I'm confident that when I break the surface, she'll be right there, smiling, eyes calling to me. Come on over, big boy. But when I emerge from the depths, she's gone. The trio had swum off to my right without so much as acknowledging my presence. Strike two. Now things are getting serious. I know what one more means and I can't let that happen. I think for a moment, then, wait a minute, maybe this is just part of the dance. Foreplay, if you will. 
the thrill of the chase in action. So I play the game. I swim in their direction and notice the two on the right break away, leaving my beauty swimming somewhat alone. So I increase my pace, kicking it up into high gear for a few feet until I catch up, just on her left. But as soon as my head pulls even with hers, she turns right. Now again, I don't mind the view, but was this strike? No, I won't even let myself think it. All part of the intricate ballet being performed right here in public view. The chase, this is just part of the chase. But now it's time to close the deal. So, just like I've been taught, just like we all practice, time to let my hands do the talking. More specifically, my fingers. I hustle back up beside the one who is the perfect combination of, well, everything. But this time I don't just stop at her side. I swim all the way around in front of her, forcing her to slow down and look me square in the eyes. We are both completely submerged, face to face, mere inches away from contact. Then I turn the charm up to a 10. Nope, this scale goes all the way to 11. I put my hands in front of my face and turn my palms outward as though preparing to spread my arms through the water and accelerate toward her. But I keep the backs of my hands together, not touching, but almost. I make sure they are right in front of her nose, then the action begins. Like a pianist playing the scales, my fingers wave up and down in perfect unison again and again. Any moment now, and she is all mine. Then, without even the slightest change of expression, she places her hand on my face, pushes me to the side like I am some annoying afterthought, and swims away toward her pullmates. Is this part of the choreography? No. The pain on my cheek left by her nails seems final. She isn't interested. As I watch her swim off with her friends toward a riffle, I silently think to myself, strike three. I swim back to the edge of the pool and slowly crawl out onto a log. Got to get the body temperature back up. The first time is going to take more effort than I expected. All right. <laughs> I'm laughing because I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. We have to, we have to reveal this. Would you like to reveal this topic? Or Absolutely. Like, please. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So please go for it. I just take it away. Turtle sex. <laughs> okay. 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 Turtle sex. First of all, Great topic. Uh, you you were telling me who who submitted that topic, but I don't remember the guy's name because I don't know him. Yes, you are right. We want to give a shout out to the, to the individual that uh, submitted turtle sex, and that is John Andrews. So thanks, John. Uh, and I do want to give an extra shout out to John because he is uh, what I would say is the most prolific submitter of topics for s'more stories his name was on that list a lot he's on there a lot and he's got some good ones in there yeah there's there's some there's some good stuff <laughs> he's got some very good ones so thank you john um and i don't want to spoil anything but maybe we'll see john on the podcast at some point i don't know maybe we will i don't know anyways turtle sex as you were reading it i had forgotten that we hadn't revealed the topic and i was like what like this is so interesting. Like I'm, and then like halfway through, I was like, Oh, okay. Cause there's so much of this that is you like, the, the, I don't even know what you're getting ready to say, but I'm kind of scared. The humor of just the concept is very much you. Okay. You are pulling from your knowledge 
as a, as a biology teacher. Oh, it's all biology. I'm sure this is all like scientifically accurate. Absolutely, it is very scientifically accurate. <laughs> Which is just so good. And then the the baseball motif of strike one, strike yes. two, strike three. Like somehow you have managed to meld these two things into one to create something that is so unique and hilarious. I'm just glad you didn't say, and I'm now just throwing myself under the bus, but I'm just glad you didn't say, it reminds me of when you were a teenager and you would sit by the pool and scout out the ladies in St. Augustine. <laughs> no. I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad you didn't, I'm glad you didn't bring that up. No, no, never. Because I struck out a lot <laughs> in this, in those scenarios. So this was, so you're pulling from personal experience. There's some personal experience here. Sure. There's certainly some personal experience. Well, I think, so I think what, makes this story so fun outside of just the initial joke of it's turtle sex and, and the initial, okay, yes, we reveal at the end, this is about turtles, but so much of, in my opinion, so much of the, like, it feels like a, like a 13 year old, just horny kid. You see, that's what I was going for. I, I yes, a hundred percent. Absolutely what I was going for. Yes. And, and when I, I let my wife read it and then I let a buddy of mine also read it and both of them, you know, it was kind of like all in one conversation. Hey, I'm doing this with Colby and this is what it's going to be. And this is our topic. I've got this story. Do you want to read it? And they both got like through the first paragraph and they're like, wait a minute. So are these turtles? And I was like, dang it. No, just read the story. Just, just read the story. <laughs> because they knew that the topic yeah, was turtle sex. They knew the topic. Yes. And, and I didn't, and I just felt like it was going to be too obvious if, if the topic was there first. I think, I think it really works with the reveal like I think it's because it's what's really so my my thought process of as you were reading it and as I, as I'm following along because you don't know in the first couple paragraphs how old this person is right because we're still assuming it's a human and at first you're like okay this could this could be like a like a creepy old dude and it <laughs> looks at it from a completely different perspective and I was like okay because that's where my brain goes is like spooky creepy yeah spooky creepy that stuff and then you know second paragraph or so talking about like the like hair on your chest or whatever, not hair, but it's algae. Algae. Okay, there we go. It's algae. It's, again, the, the peach fuzz. The science guy. The peach fuzz. Yes. Yeah. Which see, is like, here's what's crazy. See, all, every male in America knows about the peach fuzz and yes. and where it comes first and all of those different kinds of things. Well, turtles start to acquire peach fuzz as well, but it's algae, and the thicker it gets, the the older you are. But the young turtles don't don't have much. Just they get a little bit right around the edge of their shell, and so you know it's it's all science, man. It's all science. See, this is so good. I'm I'm just this, you guys should be thanking Adam as you're listening to this because you're you're learning. This is this is like Bill Nye right here. This is edutainment. This is real stuff. This is real stuff. Um, and and specifically with that because the line that made me laugh that I had to pull away from the mic was. Nothing on my pecs or higher, of course, just along the edge, you know, because like you just, you know what that is, like how that works as a guy, like when you're starting to get pubes for the first time, you know know exactly what that is. And, and it works so well. And it's funny because almost every guy has dealt with that, you know, it's just, it's just something that you've dealt with. And to know that that doubles as, uh, turtles, Algae. And algae yes. is so funny and such a great like 
metaphor <laughs> for for growing up, I guess. Um, I, I think it's such a good idea. And was this was this your first idea when you when you came up with Turtle Sex? Because you mentioned you had two stories. Yeah. Was so this, the first one this, this was the first one. And what was really interesting, I, you know, I kind of had some ideas in my head about how I wanted it to mirror a, a, a preteen mm-hmm. who was attracted to like, you know, a 16 year old. Sure. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I didn't really know how the story was going to go. And then I told you the topic and then I sat down and started writing and I literally wrote it on my phone in one sitting while watching a girls basketball game. And so like I, the strike one, strike two, strike, that stuff wasn't even on the radar. It just like, it just came it's out. Just, yeah. It's just me. It's you just know, natural. That, it's just, that was easy. <laughs> and honestly, when so, it, when inspiration hits, you know, absolutely. You're just going to get it out there. Yep. Um, and I, th- I think it's such a, a fun concept. Uh, and it makes me even more excited to to hear your other story as well because I'm like, okay, now I know what this one <laughs> was. Like I've I've no guesses for what your other story could have been, so I'm excited to hear that uh, down the road as well. Um, so you didn't go back to this at all. Like you didn't go back and, and make any changes or anything. This the, was kind of just a one big barf of <laughs> yeah. of words. But but the only thing I did was go back and make sure for subject verb agreement. Sure, that's that's all yes. I did because. Yes. I wanted it like in real time. Um, totally. And so there were a couple of things where I was like, and then I went, but it's like I'm going yeah. instead. So those kinds of things. Sure. The basic the basic right. edits for sure. But you didn't go back and change any story stuff. It was no. kind of self-existing like that. Yep. Oh, that's so cool, man. I, there, I've had a couple s'more stories where they've kind of come in just one big go. And those feel good. Those feel really good. Yeah. Because you're just like, oh my God, where'd that come from? Like you did, because you didn't necessarily have that idea in your head. But once you get going and you get in a groove, kind of, mm-hmm. you're just kind of going until it stops. Yep. And that's a really fun feeling. And and what's nice about this one with your with the strike three mechanics, it's like a first act, second act, third act type thing. Which in a in a story this short in a flash fiction story, it's kind of hard to have that kind of structure that really works because a strike three is the end. And a third act is the end of a story as well. And so um, I think that alone is just really cool because I, I have a hard time with these stories sometimes of breaking them down into smaller parts. Sometimes it's just, it's just a scene for me, um, which maybe this story that I'm about to read is <laughs> as well. But I think the way that you structured it is just really cool. And it's hard to do in a story this this short. Like it's a, a tough limitation that it gives you. Well, man, I... I'll accept your compliment, but I stumbled into that. I, the the three act, three strikes, that that was luck. You've seen enough movies to to probably have internalized a little bit of that uh, that three act structure. I've, I've watched enough baseball to know that what to know what three strikes <laughs> means. Go. So yes. that's that's where that's the only thing I can really <laughs> that's the only thing I could really credit it. Hey, it's a it's a it's a cool thing either way, whether yeah. you meant to do it on purpose or not. Well, I appreciate um, it. Is this something that that you feel like is is kind of done? Like oh, you, yeah, you think this you're is just done. yeah, this is good. Yeah, I agree. I think this, this is like this one goes no further. Yes, I think this is a great self-contained uh, story that doubles as a science lesson. <laughs> this this one gets published in like that. What was it? Highlights <laughs> magazine. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> With the uh, the word search on the back, yes, in the doctor's office, yes, and the the connect the dots on page forty two. Yes. <laughs> hey, you can submit it. I'm yes. sure they still take submissions. <laughs> um, I, how do you feel about it? Like, what's what are you, what are your how, like? I don't know. Tell me, tell me how you feel about it. I'm I mean, the, the, just to be honest with you, the thing that that I love is that this 
I, I did not allow myself to write this until I finished my first novella mm -hmm. because that was the commitment that I made to myself. Yeah. So it forced me to do something else. And um, I'm grateful that this story did that. And it was, you know, just a little fun, completely different than anything else I've ever written and, and, and anything that I'm writing in my story for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm actually just very grateful for the story and for this opportunity. And uh, kudos to you, my friend. See, I think what you mentioned right there is, is a really interesting little wrinkle in that, in that you gave yourself uh, a challenge that you're like, I'm going to finish my novella first before I jump to this probably fun story that you already had the idea for floating sure. around your head. And then when you finally got to that point where you could, it all flowed so easily oh, out of yeah. your head. And that, like, I get that sometimes too, where I've just got an idea rattling around in my head for a week, two weeks maybe. And maybe I'm busy, I'm working on something else. And then when I finally sit down to do it and it just kind of like flows out of me, like it's such a nice feeling. And I, and I, it's, I think it's cool that you gave yourself that challenge and then almost like treated yourself with this story that you knew you were going to have a good time with. Yeah. The, the story turtle sex, I'm talking, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. The first time I went through the list, I was like, Ooh, that could be funny. Yeah. That could be interesting, but I'm going to get all geeky sciencey about it. So I, you know, maybe that's not what he's looking for. And then when my wife said, Oh, you should do turtle sex. I was like, well, this might, this might mean something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, definitely. Knowing, knowing Aaron. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, th this was one of like five, like sciencey kind of sure. topics that I was like, Ooh, yeah, I could, I could really nerd out on this. And, uh, I just got, like you said, I just let the story kind of run around in my brain for a little bit without putting any, any, uh, anything down on paper. And then when it, when it hit, it hit. It's nice because you're not putting any pressure on it. Right. You know, you're just kind of letting it stew in your brain, letting it cook a little bit. Right. So then it's ready when it, when it's ready, it's ready. You know, Absolutely. I'm, I'm not a chef. I'm not a baker. I'm not a cook. I don't, I don't know how to make anything, but I think that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> right. When it's ready, it's ready. When it's ready, it's ready. I think that's because sometimes I don't know how to end a story, but when it's ready, it's ready. There you, you go. Know? When you know, you know, well, you ready to hear mine? I'm so ready to hear yours. All right. I'm going to read my story, which uh, I do actually have a, uh, a a title for that I initially didn't. And then today, last second, I was like, I want a title for this. I, I had forgotten to do one. So I added it. And this title is Shell Shocked. So I'll read and then we will discuss. Don't come in yet, Roger shouted through the door. Oop, sorry, Donna said, her yellow pleather jumpsuit squeaking with every step backwards. You said five minutes. It's been seven. She heard a grunt and a swift thump on the ground. I know, I know, ow, but it's, I'm not ready yet. Donna tried to stand completely still out in the hallway, if only to stop the squeaking. Okay, well, what do you want me to do until you're ready? This outfit isn't exactly leisure wear. A brief silence. Just, just go downstairs and I'll be down when it's, when I'm ready. Do you need any help? Donna asked. I can, nope, definitely do not need any help, Roger said through the door. Three minutes, I promise. I'll be right down. Donna pressed an ear to the door and heard mumbles. Look ridiculous in this stupid thing. With a sigh, Donna squeaked down the stairs and plopped onto the couch. The hard pleather of the jumpsuit had zero give, so her arms just stuck straight out. She considered taking off the cheap red wig that smelled like mothballs, but instead gave herself an internal 10-minute timer. Back upstairs, 
Roger stared at himself in the bathroom mirror, looking into the deep abyss of his eyes. Who let him think this was a good idea? He could totally back out. No harm, no foul. Was Donna ever going to look at him the same way? After 15 years together, he didn't think he'd ever be embarrassed in front of her again. But she might not look at him the same way. That was a reality Roger had to confront. And to top it all off, he was starting to think he didn't get body paint. The tingling sensation all over his arms, legs, and face shifted to an annoying and consistent itch. But Roger ignored it as best he could. Come on, Roger, he said, staring into his eyes. Get it together, man. You wanted this. Do you realize how many wives would give something like this a try? Zero. Do it for Donna. He wanted to slap himself, but he knew it might mess up the paint job. So he did his best to fall into character, violence-free. Deep breath, he whispered, adjusting the huge plastic shell on his back. It was heavier than it had seemed in the picture, and Roger could feel a sheen of sweat forming on his back. Use that one acting class you took in college, he muttered. Use that... that... Tchaikovsky method or whatever it's called. Roger caught a smudge of green paint on the mirror and sighed. That was going to be a bitch to clean off. Another deep breath, and he opened the door. Downstairs, Donna had managed to pull out her phone with some effort and was now absentmindedly scrolling Instagram with her arms held straight. If Roger didn't hurry up, Donna was confident her veins might lose circulation from this Amazon purchase nightmare of an outfit. She knew it was too much of a steal. A creak from the staircase... Donna quickly tossed her phone away and tried to look comfortable. A thousand squeaks erupted from the pleather as she leaned backwards, suddenly wondering why she'd agreed to this. A voice cleared at the top of the staircase. <clears throat> uh, did someone order a pizza? Donna resisted her initial instinct, which was to giggle. Down here, it's me, she said in a voice that sounded better in her head. Oh, gnarly. Come on, Roger, get it together. Uh, I didn't know it was you, April. I'm stoked. Roger took a few steps down the stairs to reveal himself, and the gasp he heard from his wife was not the take-my-breath-away, top-gun sex-scene kind of gasp he'd been hoping for. He continued down the steps until a shell knocked into the wall and sent a picture of the two of them plummeting. Shit, he whispered and slinked down the steps. Cowabunga, Roger said, doing the thing he knew he'd be too tempted to resist. Finger guns? It was an immediate mistake, and he regretted it. Plus, the look on Donna's face told him all he needed to know. I... I can't do this, Donna. Oh, sweetie, Donna said, trying to stand, but realizing the jumpsuit wasn't going anywhere. We don't have to... Wait, who is this, uh, Donna woman, Leonardo? She better not be your girlfriend, or I'll be, like, so jealous... Roger pinched the bridge of his nose, not caring about smudging his mask in anymore. I've told you this. It's not Leonardo. It's rough. You know, it's not important. Thank you for trying, really. I didn't think this through, and I just feel kind of silly. You sure? She asked, reaching for his hand, which he took a few steps to clasp in his own. We can try again if you want. Nah, this was my dumb idea, he said. I revoke my idea privileges from here until death. Until death? Uh, no thanks. I can't come up with that many ideas. How about until, like, tomorrow? Deal, Roger said sheepishly, still holding her hand. I'd come sit next to you, but the paint all over me still hasn't dried. That stain would never come out. Confession time, I'm pretty sure I didn't get body paint. In fact, I think it might even be car paint. So it would probably be in my skin's best interest to wash it off, like, 
right now. I might need a hand, and I don't mean that in a sexy way. It's really stuck on there. Plus, this dumb shell has me sweating my ass off. Donna used his hand to pull herself into a standing position now facing him. This close, she could not only see the look of shame he had on his face, but also the streaks of sweat and paint that had begun to mix into a stodgy mess on his skin. She really felt for him, knowing how much nostalgia he felt for those four turtles with Renaissance painter names she always got mixed up. She should have known Raphael, though. That one was Roger's favorite. R for Raphael and Red. Donna felt stupid for not remembering. Listen, Sir Swampass, I'll scrub your entire body down as long as you help me out of this jumpsuit before it gives me a blood clot, she said, finally letting herself laugh at this situation. I think the red wig kind of works though, right? Roger finally took a breath and joined her in laughter. 100% yes, the wig totally works. And I can tell how uncomfortable you are in that jumpsuit, but you look amazing. I mean, you always do, but you know what I mean. Hmm, Donna said, noticing the sly smile on his face. Not sure I do know what you mean, Roger. When you say I look amazing, what do you mean exactly? Oh, uh, Roger sputtered, pointedly avoiding eye contact, which was helped by the shoddily made red Raphael mask covering up his peripherals. I just mean, you know, you look mega hot as April O'Neil, my first ever crush. She looked up at him, forcing the eye contact and touching his arm. Well, good thing I'm your last ever crush, right? Of course, and I love where this is headed, but my skin is kind of on fire, so could we maybe move this conversation to the shower? Their eyes locked, and it was back. The spark they'd been looking for, despite both of them looking completely ridiculous in their respective outfits. Donna spun around in a heartbeat. Unzip me, I'll get the shower going. Roger did as he was told, and watched his wife squeak up the stairs without an ounce of coordination. She was perfect. You coming? she asked. Cowbunga baby. The end. Dude, that was awesome. (laughs) That was so good. Thank you. That was so good. I loved it. (laughs) It was very fun to write. (laughs) I'm sure. So, you know, the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were a a little after my time. Sure. But because of my little brother, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, of course, watched tons of the cartoons and saw the movies and all those kinds of things because... He loved them, and so you know, I'd, I would watch that stuff with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think every little kid had a crush on on April O'Neil. Oh yes, absolutely. And this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like every schoolboy's adult dream. <laughs> what when? See when you when you gave me turtle sex, I was like in my head, I was like, okay, I think I, he's he's a he's a science guy. I think he might go something sciencey, and I was kind of right. Oh yeah, I was kind of right there. You you went incredibly funny though with well, the science stuff. Definitely science. And so for me, I was like, I gotta go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, like, <laughs> that's, like that's awesome. What else can I do? <laughs> you know. And so so then it was like, okay, how do I how do I make it turtle sex? But then obviously, like it's a it's a funny concept, so I got to make it funny. But then I didn't want to like make fun of the people. Right. I wanted them to feel like real people. Yeah. Uh, and so hopefully I kind of was able to, oh, to meld that. Dude, it was it was so real because like at first I'm 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 getting you know shell shocked immediately mm-hmm. made me think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. And then the yellow jumpsuit and I'm going, "Okay, they're going to a masquerade party." Sure. You know, and I kind of figured he felt goofy. He was dressing up like a turtle, but I had no idea this was role play. <laughs> 
<laughs> that that caught me off guard. Once I figured that part out, I was like, I had you know, I was away from the microphone, <laughs> had my had my sweatshirt in my mouth <laughs> because I was like, oh, this is brilliant. That makes me feel good. This is brilliant. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think like the reveal of him being like. Oh hey April, like <laughs> like trying to do a, a voice, just made me laugh so hard in my head that I was like, "That's that's like the turning point of the oh, story." Man, it was so good, like the reveal of, like you, she just sees him standing at the top of the steps and she's like, "Oh my god, what?" And like he's still trying to stay in character. Yeah, it just it was so funny to me, and so I'm glad that 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 was not one of those things that is just funny to me. It's also funny to somebody oh, else. Oh, so funny. I don't know if anybody, the millions of people that are listening. So many. I don't know what percentage are laughing at this, but oh my gosh, dude, that it was really, really funny. Feel free to chime in if you're laughing. <laughs> I'd love to know if, if you think the story was funny, especially also if you think Adam's story was funny. I think Adam's story was hilarious as well. Um, but I, you mentioned that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was like a little bit too young for you, but you had your younger brother. Right. For me, it was... S'more Stories alumni, Evan McHugh, yes. who was a huge TMNT fan. And so I kind of became into it through him. Right. Um, you know, we had like action figures. There was a Super Nintendo game at mm-hmm. some point that was great. Also based on a comic book. Throw yep. that out there. Yep. Um, indie comic book. Pretty cool stuff. I think for me, like my first crush, uh, for like you said, for a lot of people, it was April O'Neil. Mine was the Pink Power Ranger. From the Power you Rangers. Know, as soon as you said Evan, blah, 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 I was like, what Evan loved was Power Rangers. No, that was me. Well, ba- Evan, Evan did too. Evan was too old for Power Rangers. Nah, dude, he was. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Nerd. When, when y'all, yeah. But, you know, now that I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about how old y'all were when y'all moved back from Naperville. I was like three. Yeah. Maybe I think, two. But I think, I think Evan was like fifth grade. Ah. And he had, fair. he had like, I'd go over to the house just because I'm like, Cantrells and McHugh's were always together. Yep. And I was like, hey, let's play action figures. And he was like, okay, I'll be the red. I'm like, who is this? Who, who are these Power Rangers? He's like, I'll be the red one. You be the blue one. And I was, okay, what do, they, what do they do? Where are my, where are your G.I. Joes? And seriously. <laughs> and so, but he was, and he was so, he was taking karate at the time. And so, you know, he was showing me the moves and all the, all the things. Yes, he was like that that perfect era of like taking karate lessons, watching Power Rangers, watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, being bad at karate, <laughs> and just but like thinking you feel like uh, like an absolute badass. Oh, at the same yeah. time, like shadow boxing. Yes, in your living room. <laughs> I did that as a kid. I didn't take lessons. For me, it was I was just all natural. You know, I was of course, just born. Who, who needs lessons? I was born a warrior. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, <laughs> with with this story specifically, it was like once I got through the the joke part of it and and felt like I created like characters that I, I, I think I wanted this to be a short film. Like, I think I would love for this to be like a five minute short. Dude, it could be. I think it would work perfectly. Oh. Maybe, maybe I, honestly, I've got a film, a film degree. I should make it myself. Dude, you could. I mean, this this would be great. Yeah, this this short film could Shift from being like kind of a pleasant uh, like relationship story to like a straight up horror story <laughs> with with a few lighting changes. Absolutely. It very well could. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's just shows the range that this story has. <laughs> and honestly, like this was sometimes when I when I'm brainstorming for a topic, I try to like come up with a couple sentences of maybe three or four different ideas to try to just kind of get my brain going. 
I had nothing else. This was the first idea that I thought of, and it was the only thing I wanted to write about. <laughs> well, you did you did a really good job. Thank you, thank you. This is this is a, a really enjoyable one that that not only came quickly, but like I enjoyed the process of writing, which I can't say that happens for every story that I write. And so this might be one of those that maybe I'll maybe I'll work on a little bit more, or or just edit it a little bit, try to shave down some unnecessary words, and then maybe submit it somewhere. Like this is this is I want that's something that I want to also speak into existence this year in 2023 is I actually like try with some of these stories, you know, mm-hmm. stories that I, I like, maybe stories that I've gotten good feedback on because there's so many submissions, whether it's a website or magazine that or so many uh, publications that accept submissions. And I've been kind of scared to mm-hmm. for a lot of the time because everybody's scared of, of rejection, I think. And that's an understandable feeling, but I think I just need to get over it. Mm. <laughs> and 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 make some some real effort there and so maybe i'll do that with this story i don't know but i appreciate the the, the kind words well dude it was it and mostly was the funny, laughs man. the laughs funny. make me feel happy dude it was funny and coming from a guy who's who's been married 18 years sure needing creative things to happen from time to time i think i think 13 years is what you had said yeah. in here yeah i understand <laughs> i've i've never <laughs> Well, let me. I have painted myself green. It was not. It was not for this. I've seen this picture. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't was, a sex thing. I was the Hulk, and so <laughs> not a sex thing with the Hulk. No, definitely not. But but the paint does itch. Yeah, I mean, it itches like crazy. And so when I was, I was like, oh yeah, I've been there. The the paint thing. I'll, I'll give a, a quick shout out since we are again recording in the school that I went to. Uh, my senior year, uh, one of my best friends and one of your baseball players, Dan Miner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we had Spirit Week. And uh, one of the days, I think it was just the Friday Spirit Day, uh, where you know you just wear color, the school colors, basically. Dan and uh, his good friend Taylor Giles thought it would be a great idea to body paint, you know, paint themselves up, right? And I was sitting next to Dan in math in second period, and the fact that you remember that math was second period is like so scary. My brain is broken in many ways, <laughs> but in some ways it works. Uh, and Dan leans over at me, he's like, "Dude, this isn't body paint." And he was like, I was like, what? He's like, no, it's it's burning. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, so, and so, the next period, he just skipped and went to the sh- uh, gym, took a shower, washed it all off, came back, uh, saw him at lunchtime, and his skin was just like had a light tint of of blue on it, <laughs> like it had been scrubbed, but not quite all of it. Yeah. And so the idea of like not getting body paint in mm-hmm. the story was lifted straight from Dan Miner. <laughs> so when I see Dan, I'll let him know. Love Dan. But that is, you know Dan, and you know that yes. is something that he would do, is put on paint and not check to see if it's body paint the first. I can absolutely see that. Um, and so, so again, I think it's, I, I've mentioned this in past episodes, I think it's important to pull from your life. Right. Like pull a random thing from, from your life that you thought was funny, throw it in a story. Right. You know, nobody's going to know. Right. Unless you tell them on a podcast. Right. That you make for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I wouldn't advise it. Right. <laughs> um, so that's just a little bit of behind the scenes stuff for you. That's I mean, that's all I've got to say about this story. I think it was pretty, pretty self-explanatory. It was, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think of, you know, one of those leading questions that you asked me. But realistically, it's all right there. I, I, I it's 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 in the text. Yes. When it's ready, it's ready. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dude, so I got to say this, though, okay. and you can cut this if you need to. When he was at the store, <laughs> when he was at the stairs and he goes, did somebody order a pizza? <laughs> I was like, that's when it clicked for me that it was role play. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that makes me that okay. That 
that's all you needed to say. That's we'll end on that because for me, that was the big reveal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, so it worked. That works. <laughs> it perfectly. worked. It was great. Because like, if we're if we're visualizing the short film, that's when we see the costume. Yes. The bad for, bad for the costume, first time, and he says that line. So that's I, that makes me so happy. I've succeeded. This story is going to win an Oscar down the road when I when I adapt it. Into I'm not sure they film. have Oscars for that category, but you know, turtle sex, the turtle sex category. <laughs> um, anyway, we are we are off the rails here on S'more Stories. Let's jump into our next segment. Uh, you might say of story spotlights, where we recommend uh, a story. Just in case you hated the stories that we that we wrote, which you're wrong if you did, uh, and you should be thanking us for our great stories. But if you did, we want you to come away with something to, to check out, something that we have recommended, something that we have consumed, whether recently or at some other point. And I truly have no idea what you're about to say, but you've got a little list. I've got a in list. In front of you. So I've I will let you, let you take it away. Being a veteran and listener of your show, I, I knew this was coming. And unfortunately, I'm not as cool as all of your other guests. So... You know, all the like independent stuff that's like you know, a lot of that's just not me. So, of course, no judgment. So I've just I've got to I've got to be who I am. Yes. So first of all, I'm going to I'm going to give a shout out to my favorite author whose name is Daniel Silva. Mm-hmm. And he writes about a guy named Gabriel Alon. And it's you know, he's a he's an Israeli secret agent guy who goes around, kicks butt, taking names. And the thing that makes it so different from like your typical Mitch Rapp, Jack Reacher, Scott Harvath, Bourne guys, stuff. yeah, Jason Bourne, mm-hmm. you know, all those guys. Silva writes in like so many, like, oops, this wasn't supposed to happen. Oops, uh-huh. it went wrong. Like things go oops. bad. Oh yeah, yes. And when and when they go bad, they go like real bad. Yeah, like people are dying that aren't supposed to be dying. Like main characters and stories, expect. and yeah, I mean, so it's just so 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 good. And and I love all of that stuff. Sure. I mean, we we talked about kind of at the beginning how you know my love of stories it you know kind of evolved the what's the guy's name lee child mm-hmm. who wrote all the jack reacher stuff yep. as an adult that's kind of the first guy that kind of got me like truly reading again yeah and so even though i at some point in time i kind of got tired of that same story over and over and over again although it took about 25 books to do that sure I, I did start finding other things to read. And, mm-hmm. and obviously John Gresham's obvious, you know, he's great. And I've heard, I haven't gone, gone back to this yet, but I've heard he's written several good things in the last couple of years. Wow. So I didn't know he was still publishing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about picking some of his stuff up again. Yeah. But, um, so wanted to shout out Daniel Silva what, in case, uh, you mentioned the, his series. What are the name of the name of his book series? With just the Gabriel Alon oh, series. Oh, so it's the Gabriel Alon yeah, series. Okay, yeah, so cool. there's like, I don't know, 14, 15, 20 nice. of those books that, that are all really, really, really good. And yeah. the other thing that I really appreciate, too, is that he's a trained artist. Oh. And so there's so much that has to do with the art world. Sure. That's a part of that, which is also just a love of mine, just that I appreciate artists and what they can do, even though I might not be able to do it. I still dabble. Hey, as a comic book fan... And it's it's ninety nine percent art. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, really I, I'm is. with you. Very impressive stuff. For sure. And you're doing your before we get to the rest of your your story spotlights. You're doing the the Addie McHugh, where you give us a whole series of books to check out. Well, <laughs> you know, right up front. <laughs> I haven't read it as a as a forty seven year old. I haven't read as many books as she has as a twelve year old. I don't think that kid is nuts. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I was listening to that, I was like, holy cow. She is 
I want to go back and read all the things that she recommended, but I, I will never have the time. No, there's no way. She's just she has she is a speed reader. Too many things. Yes, too many things. So as far as TV and stuff is concerned, um, you know, obviously one of the big hits in our nation right now is Yellowstone, and I, I refused to watch it for a while sure. because I had heard great things, and I started watching the very first episode, and there was a, a an interaction with some Native Americans that. I presumed incorrectly was going to go one way mm-hmm. and I had no idea that it was actually going to go the other way in, in support of native American sure. culture and, and, and history and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, so I very much appreciated Yellowstone, even though there's some of the things that are kind of hokey and fake, of course. but it's still, it's entertaining. Yeah. But what I have loved are the prequels. And so right. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Westerns. I've always loved Westerns. Which is the one with Harrison Ford. That's the new one. That's the 1923. One. Okay, gotcha. So it started with 1883, mm. and then it went to 1923. And I'm guessing they're going to have a 1973 oh, at some think? point in time. Wow. That, that's my guess. But they've been just outstanding. Sure. Outstanding. And, and the, the 1883 stuff was so good because it was, it was like Oregon Trail kind of stuff. Yeah. And then 1923 right now is like, like a true Western, like as, as towns are starting to get bigger and, yeah. and, and technology and, and things like that are starting to get, you know, more commonplace. They're still living out on the range mm-hmm. and what are they going to incorporate? But, you know, there's always the conflict and the gun fighting and all that kind of stuff that I've always just loved, loved, loved. Sure. And so those things are, are fantastic, which speaking of Billy, the kid has always been, you know, one of my favorite Western guys. Young and, Guns. Yeah, Young Guns is my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. But there's a, I think it was on Stars initially. They did a, a series. Oh, yeah. That cool. came out like last year, maybe the year before last. And it was so good. Ten episodes, really, really, really good. Nice. I, I, I'm going to be shocked if they don't continue on with a season two. Sure. But, you know, sometimes these things that I really like, other people may not. It's 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 crazy these days. A lot of streaming platforms don't, tell why they re- why they uh renew something or cancel anything so you never really know right what's gonna what's gonna get a second season or, or not but um that sounds cool i also i'm not, i'm not the hugest western fan but i can appreciate a, a good western and i do also really like billy the kid yeah and specifically young guns yeah <laughs> and well. but, but this one here it's different than any of them i've ever seen sure. it's much more true to the real history that at least that we are told is mm-hmm. the real history of Billy the Kid and it goes all the way back to his childhood. Nice. Um and it's just man, it's really, really good. And then finally, mm-hmm. um, on the comic book book front, always I've been uh trading with one of my students. Yes. Um and uh the new fifty two zero year Batman is is where I am right now. Yeah, with uh by Scott Snyder. Probably. Yes. Um is that that's the one with the Riddler has like kind of taken over the city or something? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So I'm I'm just starting volume two. Gotcha. I think I read that back in the day around the time it was coming out. Uh, but I like that Batman run a lot. I like that writer specifically. Yeah, I read the first one and it was really really good. I've yeah. got the second one in my backpack and have have basically looked at the pictures and <laughs> haven't even started reading it yet. I, you're doing the things that I love doing, which is just sharing comics and like trading comics with people back and right. forth because it's the best feeling. Because, like, in my mind, I think I can find a comic for anybody. Oh. Like, I think there's something out there for everybody. And, and you shared one with me a couple of years ago that was one of your independent comic kind of things. I don't even remember what it gave you. Well, it was it was a war comic. Oh. And, it, dude, it was really good. Something about Baghdad or... Pride of Baghdad? Maybe. 
And I, you gave me like two. Sure. And I was like, okay, well, let me get the next one. When... Sheriff, Sheriff of Baghdad. There you go. Yes, that's what it was. Yes. And I've been waiting, and you've never provided me with the rest. So there's only two volumes. Oh, that's it. It ended. Yeah, it's self-contained. But it, it, there was more. I don't remember. There needed to be more. Might have gotten canceled. <sighs> like like with TV, comics are even more cutthroat, where those things get canceled left and right for no no reason sometimes. But it is great. Sheriff of Baghdad. Sad day. Check it out for sure. Um, wow, you, that's a, a lot of good recommendations for you, the listener, to check out. Um, I have not seen Yellowstone myself. Brittany, uh, my girlfriend, has watched a couple seasons. She enjoyed it. Um, I, while I have not seen Yellowstone, I have seen the showrunner Taylor Sheridan, the writer who does all all of those shows. Right. I've seen his movies, which I really really like. Um, I'll give a quick shout out to uh, Hell or High Water. is a great movie. Uh, with Chris Pine and Ben Foster, and then another movie uh, that is fantastic, written and directed by him, or at least written by him, is called Wind River, uh, with Jeremy Renner, uh, who had almost died recently. Uh, I think he's doing okay, though. Both really good, similar style of of the show, where he uh, just really quick dialogue, snappy dialogue, um, good action. Uh, those are more just thrillers, um, like nice self-contained thrillers, for sure, that if you've not seen, definitely check out. And you know what amazes me? Hmm. So I've listened to all these podcasts and I've heard you do similar things to what you just did. And I completely assumed that you were cutting and going and looking (laughs) up really quickly. Oh, yeah. What was that movie that I saw? Oh, yeah. And who was in it? And you were like reading it. But to the listeners that are out there, he straight up was just looking at me and he was like, oh, yeah, movie A who had... Actor A and Actor B, movie B, um, that dude, that's incredible. Thank you. I, I did, I did tell you my brain is a little bit broken sometimes. But again, this is the Mimi. This is the Mimi in me, coming out. Yes, live. Um, and it, whenever me and my brother Evan have a conversation, it's like that, but back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's like a feedback loop. Right. To where I think we just start talking. It's like, who's that one person in that one thing? And then he's like, oh yeah, that one person that was in that other thing. And then we just, it's like an unspoken language of. Not words. <laughs> like, I don't know how it works. But yes, I, I think all of those are great. Uh, great recommendations for sure. Mine is a pretty simple one. Uh, so before we were recording, I was spending some time with my mom over at her house. And she's in the phase of giving me all my old stuff, which is fun. But I don't have a lot of space in my yeah. current place. So yeah. I try to take the, the good stuff at this point and let her take the other stuff for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I was very, very excited to, to receive from her tonight uh, are a couple of my old Calvin and Hobbes books. Oh, nice. Um, which uh, is straight up one of my favorite stories of any sort of all time, whether movies, TV shows, comics, doesn't matter. Calvin and Hobbes is like top three, top five of anything. Um, it's If anybody has not read it, please go read Calvin and Hobbes. Like there, There's incredible art. There's great cartooning from it, but... Bill Watterson, the the author and cartoonist, is there, there's so much wisdom <laughs> to Calvin and Hobbes that Absolutely. was like that reading it as a kid growing up was just beyond my years, and then going back and reading it as adult, you're just blown away by like by the 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 knowledge and and the heart behind it as well, and um, and so I'm I can't wait to get back home tonight and probably pop one of those open uh, in bed while I'm trying to fall asleep because it's just what the great thing about comics. They're low commitment. The even better thing about comic strips, they're even lower commitment. You can read a page and get three little comic strips of 
individual value, individual individual jokes, um, and be done. And you've read something. And it, it's not like reading a novel, you know, where you have to commit yourself to 400 pages or something, which can be intimidating sometimes. So while I will I will always recommend comics, comic strips are great too. Yes, they uh, are. Calvin and Hobbes, of course, like I said, a, a huge fan, but also Far Side Gallery, love that stuff. Uh, Boondocks, there's there's tons of great comic strips out there. Uh, Zits. Loves it. I was I, I read a lot of uh, the my my parents used to call them the funnies in the newspaper growing up. Just getting ready to say the only thing I miss from print newspapers is the comics page. It's it's the only thing I read as a kid. I didn't I didn't care about the stock market. Probably what? Should, probably probably should have. As a child, you didn't care about the stock market. <laughs> Believe I, I don't it or not, understand. right? How are you, Paul Paul's grandson? I know, right? Yes, me. Yeah, Paul Paul is Mimi's husband who. Uh, Loves the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> Still reads the paper every day just to look at the stocks. <laughs> exactly. I was not that. I was reading the comics. Um, and, and you're right. That is something that I that I kind of miss about, about the print world. But the great thing is you can buy these collected editions on Amazon for like super cheap. Go to a used bookstore. There's always going to be a bunch of them there. Um, I'll, always, I'll always recommend going to a used bookstore just because it's fun to roam around and find something. Amazon's probably going to have it. But make a journey. Make a trek somewhere. Yeah. Know? And we're less than a block away from the book nook. Oh, the biggest shout out to the book nook, uh, which I grew up getting my comics from. That's like uh, most of the single issues that I own in storage at my mom's house in her basement. Uh, I bought from the the used book slash comic book shop about a quarter mile from where we're sitting right now, um, and and I'm amazed that it's still open. <laughs> to be honest, I, I've never been in there where I was the only one in there, ever. That makes me so happy. It's a, it's such a, a place full of great memories, place full of great, uh, of course, books, but also a lot of great CDs that I've gotten there throughout the years. When my car had a working CD player, <laughs> not not quite, not quite there anymore. But yeah, I, I think it's important to always support, you know, uh, a bookshop. They're just they're my favorite, one of my favorite things in the world. That and a movie theater, those are my two things that I always want to support. Um, and so yeah, Calvin and Hobbes, easy recommendation. Go read it. You'll enjoy it. Absolutely. I've never met anyone who didn't enjoy Calvin and Hobbes. And if they don't, I don't want to be around you. <laughs> Straight up. If you don't like Calvin and Hobbes, stay away from me. I'll, I'll say that live. <laughs> uh, well, that was, pretty, that was pretty mean, but I mean it. So uh, <laughs> any, any final thoughts, any final words that, that you want to throw out there? Um, I know normally I like to, to give uh, my guests the chance to you know, let people know where they want to find them. Do you want to be found? No, no, I have no desire to be found. <laughs> that, was my, that was what um, I figured. <laughs> I don't, I don't want anybody to know anything about me. I'm, I'm You're a mystery. I'm happy with the the few people who know who I am, and unhappy that a few more know who I who I am when I walk into Chick Fil A. That, that always bothers me. <laughs> a local legend. Um, but uh, no, I, I I don't have I don't have Instagram. Yeah. I don't have any of that stuff. So you can't find me even if you wanted to. Don't worry, I will. I'll tweet out his his home address soon. <laughs> well, I do, I do have a house, <laughs> so so you could find me there. Yes. Um, but no, the, the the I'm I'm telling you, the only thing that I would like to end with is a shout out to you for your willingness to put yourself on the line, because this idea that you had is a fabulous one, but nobody would be experiencing it right now if you didn't take a chance. Because it, it could have crashed and burned. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? It, it, it may not ever become a moneymaker for you, but dude, it's so good. Thank you. It's so good. Thank you. And like when we talked last week, 
And I was like, you've got some ready to publish, right? <laughs> and unfortunately, everything's still in the works. Yes, we've got so, some in the works. Uh, they're, 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 Stories are being written. I'll say that. But I just, I, I've, I've loved every single story that was read. They're all so unique and different, and it's some of them are like seriously publishable. Yes, like you mentioned on one, on one of the episodes that you know maybe you'll put them all together in a book sometime. And dude, some of these could carry that yeah. because we've all anybody who's read enough knows you get the Alfred Hitchcock short story compilation, and there's. 50 bad stories to every one good story, but that one good story was worth buying the book for. It stays with you. And there's a couple of these that I've heard already that that are that quality. Like you could sell a book by the one story. I agree. I agree. And yeah, you're right. That's something that I definitely want to do down the road is maybe put together an anthology collection of of all these cool stories. And, and yeah, hopefully by the end of this year, I'll have a bunch more to work from as well so we can get a nice fat anthology out there for you. Because um, I, I am in the process of currently... Me and Brittany are designing our the print version of Kill Collins, and so that's a very fun process. And learning all of the ins and outs of that is only going to help us down the road when we're publishing some more stuff and making cool things out there for you to actually purchase and hold in your hands. Um, there's nothing wrong with audiobooks. There's nothing wrong with eBooks. Um, but I we've mentioned we love used bookstores. Right. <laughs> like there's something magical about holding that in your hand. Right. And and yeah, I want to be able to provide that for you because obviously it's nice listening. Hopefully. Your, your drive, your run, whenever you happen to be listening to this is uh, pleasant because of our stories about turtle sex. But, you know, we want to give you something that you can hold and turn a page. So um, that'll be in the works, hopefully, over this uh, these few months, as long as I can get some some more episodes out there. That's the goal, is to, to create as many as possible, because I have a lot of fun with this. <laughs> and well, so, you've done a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Well, on that note, on that uh, very nice, kind note, that I will not argue with at all. That's that's growth for you. That's uh, I'm evolving. <laughs> Old Colby would be like, here's a three-point thesis as to why you're wrong. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to accept your compliment. Thank you. And and also be grateful for you for being here and, and for ma- being vulnerable and putting yourself out there and writing a story. You know, that's, that's being vulnerable in its own right. And so um, I'm grateful to have you in my family but grateful to have gotten to know you better through this as well. And so that's my secret for this podcast is just, I want to hang out with people because know them talk stories. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, stick with us. We've got some more episodes in the works and hopefully we'll get them out to you soon enough and uh, you'll be able to enjoy some, some more stories. Whoa. You'll be able to enjoy some more stories. Oh my God. You did it without even trying. Did it without even trying. All right. On that note, goodbye. S'more Stories is brought to you by the Indiesaurus Podcast Network, which is home to not just one great podcast, but tons of them. Maybe you're in the mood for a, let's say, a Hamtaro watch-along podcast. How about a show that's doing a detailed deep dive into the famed Left Behind book series? Well, you're in luck with Ham Radio and I Survived the Rapture, just two of the many great shows on the Indiesaurus Podcast Network. And oh yeah, The Celly Dwellers is on there too. Follow us on Instagram at Pod or Colby McHugh. I'll reach out on there for topics periodically, so be sure to submit your best and weirdest. And if you want to follow along with the episodes, feel free to send any stories you've written to s'morestoriespod at gmail.com. Whether you want notes or just someone to put eyes on a story, send it my way. Music and lyrics by Evan McHugh. 
whose great songs can be found anywhere and everywhere. Go buy them. Logo design by Brittany Wyland, whose work can be found at mess.and.magic on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay toasty.